This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King from auburnundercover.com and I'm going to be riding solo again today to go over a lot of stuff um, that's happened in the last week I believe the last time we recorded um, was last Thursday and again just like just like that edition um, I'll hope that you're listening to this on the way to work and all of this stuff doesn't become you know uh, old news by the time you come home from work there's not a lot of stuff going on today hopefully um, because there's been a lot of staff changes since last time that's kind of the you know what Auburn fans have mostly been focused on recently is uh, looking at Brian Harson's staff, Auburn's new head coach. He has now, at this point, hired eight of his 10 on-field assistant coaches. Now, he's officially hired seven of them. Um, one of them, we can report, is coming. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute, because as we record this on Thursday morning, um, in terms of an actual game result from Auburn Athletics, we've got a pretty big one. Auburn basketball last night was able to get its first win of the SEC schedule, um, avoiding an 0-5 start in SEC play, really kind of taking it to Georgia on the road. The Bulldogs were favorites in this one. They were expected to win. Um, I don't think the home court advantage really does as much as it used to in college basketball just because of the way things are right now with COVID. But Auburn, you know, shoots only 5 of 20 from three-point range, yet they score almost 100 points in this game, 95 to 77. Probably their best overall performance of the season on the road in SEC play and really the guy you've got to talk about is Sharif Cooper he had that phenomenal game um, in his debut on Saturday in the loss to Alabama but that was a loss you know and he had a lot of mistakes in the last minute or so and so he said look this game's on me you know I'm gonna play a lot better next time around um, and he did he still had five turnovers which led the team um, and he still was uh, not great from three-point range shooting 0-4 from three but he outdid himself somehow from that first game um, a double double 28 points 12 assists he also added five rebounds and I mean if you weren't able to watch the game which I know you know a Wednesday night game is not exactly um, the easiest thing to to sit down and be able to watch the entire time we've got a lot of great content on our website um, this morning if you want to go read about it but I mean if, if you were able to watch the game um, there's a lot of just sort of indescribable things that Sharif Cooper does that sets this team up so well and makes this team look so different. Um, I mean, we talked to Devin Cambridge after the game and he said, look, he just makes our jobs easier. Um, he just makes everything easier for us. He always puts the ball in the right place. Um, and he's assisted on or scored hundred of Auburn's last 185 points over the last two games. That's over half, more than half of Auburn's points in since Sharif Cooper was cleared by the NCAA. And since he was able to return um, and play his first games for Auburn, He's contributed more than half of the team's points. And when you watch him on the floor, he kind of reminds me like of a prime Rajon Rondo, whether it was his early years in Boston um, or it was when he was in college. Kind of a guy that just is so patient. And it seems like the best way I've been trying to describe it 
is that the whole offense, when he's in the half-court sets, moves in slow motion. Um, he, he's, he's very patient. Nothing is ever rushed by Sharif Cooper. Probably five or six times in this game, he passed up open looks for himself in order to get easier ones um, for his teammates. Because, look, if he didn't do that, you know, if he didn't have 12 assists in this game, which, by the way, is the highest an Auburn player's had all season, outdoing what Cooper did in his last game with nine assists, if he didn't do that, he probably would have had close to 40 points because um, he probably would have taken around 30 shots. He shot nine for 22 from the field. Still some of those, some of those outside shots not necessarily going um, for him. Again, he went 0-4 from three. I believe in the last game he was like one for five from deep. That's not really what he's going to bring you. Um, that's not really his forte right now. Um, his thing is going to be you know, setting up the teammates with just, I mean, crazy, crazy passes. You're talking about um, wraparound passes under the basket, when defenders are so focused on him, they think he's going to explode to the basket and, and, and get up for a shot. And he kind of gets halfway up and is able to wrap the ball around. Um, just the no-look passes. Um, there was a time at the end of the game when Georgia was full court pressing and he split two defenders, spun around them, broke down another guy off the dribble, and then hit Allen Flanagan under the, under the basket for a no-look pass. I mean, just showing off at that point. And the thing about Sharif moving forward is um, – I mean, there is a lot of different ways you can defend a guy like that and try to slow down a half-court offense like that. But it's not like he's a streaky shooter right now or, or that kind of offensive player. It's not like he's a guy where you can say, okay, he's going to cool down. You know, this isn't going to go on forever. Um, I don't think he's going to score this much every game. You know, I don't think he's going to score in the 20s every single game because other guys are going to uh, start stepping up. I believe once Justin Powell returns, he'll probably slide into the starting lineup. Auburn's freshman guard who had been playing a lot of point guard without Sharif Cooper he's probably their starting shooting guard he's missed the last three games with a head injury um Alan Flanagan has been really good obviously over the past few games but everybody everybody has uh, has been a beneficiary of what Sharif Cooper's been able to do they had six guys in double figures against Georgia and really I mean again just their best overall performance of the season the only thing you can look at I mean the three-point shooting five of 20 um not incredible but yet they score almost 100 points because they shot 71% on their two-point looks. And they, should, they shot 56% for the game. Um, and, you know, shooting almost – making almost three-fourths of your two-point looks, that's just a product of, again, getting yourself good passes. I, I just – I can't say enough about how this offense looks different um, with Sharif Cooper running the show. I mean, I, I barely even recognize some of these sets they're going into because Devin Cambridge said it after the game – look, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, this is what we've been waiting for in terms of having a point guard, a true point guard who's able to run the offense. And that's no knock on um, Justin Powell or Alan Flanagan, who've been moonlighting as point guards before Cooper was cleared. But they didn't, they, those aren't true point guards. I mean, there's something to be said for a guy who's a classically trained, if you will, a facilitator and, and ball handler and a guy who knows what his teammates like to do and is able to set him up in that regard because – if there's one thing that's been clear in these first two games is that even though Sharif Cooper missed 72 days of practice, um, somehow their chemistry is through the roof right now. I mean, he's finding backdoor lobs and alley-oops um, and finding guys with no-look passes. He knows exactly where his teammates are going to be. And that wasn't a problem in the first game either. I know they lost their first game with him, but defense was the problem in that game. And so if they can continue to tighten things up on that end, they had 14 blocks in this game against Georgia, which was the most by a team in college basketball 
this season. So, I mean, that's pretty good. We knew this was a bouncy, athletic, long team. This was easily Bruce Pearl's most athletic team he's had so far, even though it's his youngest um, because of all the, you know, young talent he brought in. If they can continue to do that, and they played pretty good defense on the perimeter as well, um, if they can continue to do that moving forward, um, they've got a chance. And that, that's kind of what I wrote about this morning, if you want to read more about Sharif Cooper and, and kind of what he's done for this team, is that I feel like he raises this team's ceiling um, in SEC play. This is a team that without him, if you had said to me, all right, Sharif's not coming back for some reason, the NCAA is just going to keep him on the bench for the whole season. I would have said, all right, Auburn's going to be lucky to just win a few SEC games because the SEC is tough. Um, and Auburn was just having a lot of problems. I mean, they didn't have their full roster and they had some injury issues as well. And again, without a true point guard, it's really, really hard to get things rolling um, and to be effective and efficient and consistent on offense instead of just looking for guys to make plays on their own. I really think he unlocks the potential of this young Auburn roster moving forward because they're all playing their best basketball on the offensive end of the floor with him running the show. Um, they all look the best they have so far. And I'm excited to see what Justin Powell does because talk about Sharif Cooper, you know, dribble penetrating in the perimeter, getting the defense to suck in and you've got your best three point shooter spotting up all game long. They haven't even had that yet. And so moving forward now to Saturday at one o'clock, um, Auburn plays Kentucky and that's always a big game. Unfortunately, it's going to be an Auburn arena. Unfortunately, the crowd is not going to be the same, you know, as it normally is. Um, but that's a game Auburn can win for sure. I mean, Kentucky had its worst start this season in like hundred years, right? They hadn't gone up one and six to start a season in a hundred years. They've gotten things kind of back on track in SEC play. They've been pretty good. They were smacked at home by Alabama, um, but Alabama's 5-0 and in the SEC. It seems like they're really, really good. Um, and so this is 100%, 100% a game that Auburn can win. And if you're talking about a big road win and then you come back home and you're able to down Kentucky, which I don't care where you play them, what year you play them, what the crowd looks like, a win over Kentucky is always going to be a big confidence booster for your program then this team starts to get back on track. I mean, this team's not going to the postseason. And so their goal was just to do the best they could um, in SEC play, contend for a conference championship. I don't think that's going to happen, but, um, you know, try to develop as much as possible and, and play hard and grow your young team in SEC play. Um, they've got a lot of reasons to be optimistic about that. I mean, really, there's just a lot more reasons now with Sharif Cooper being back than there were before, just because this team looks like, um, it's playing loose. It's playing easy. They're able to get into their sets on offense a lot easier. Shreve Cooper's able to find the open guys. I mean, his passing ability is, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I really am blown away. My expectations were pretty low um, for him coming back. I thought, okay, he's not going to have that much practice time. I know he's probably the most talented player on the floor in most games Auburn plays, but it's going to take him a little while to, to get used to things and get into the feel of the offense and get chemistry with his teammates. Hasn't taken long at all. Uh, he's got to cut down on the turnovers. But other than that, um, man, what a, what a fun player to watch. And Auburn's got a lot of reasons to be optimistic moving forward. Um, just a quick note, Chris Moore, Auburn's freshman forward. Um, he's been battling a sprained wrist, Bruce Pearl told us yesterday. He missed this game against Georgia. Uh, Pearl said he played the last two games with the injury, was able to play through it. He made the trip to Athens, wasn't able to go. Um, and so they're hoping to have him back for Kentucky. So moving on to football now um, after that big opening about basketball and Shreve Cooper, because, man, that's, that's exciting to watch right now. Eight out of ten of Harson's assistants have now been hired. So seven of ten officially, um, and we're reporting at Auburn Undercover that Tracy Rocker is going to come home. As the defensive line coach, obviously the, the former Lombardi winner, um, one of the best players in All-American, one of the best players 
in Auburn history on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and he's been around the block in the SEC. Um, let's see, Ole Miss, Arkansas, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, and then most recently at South Carolina as defensive line coach. Uh, he's produced six All-Americans, in, including Nick Fairley, the guy that Auburn fans remember he, when, he, when Rocker was Auburn's defensive line coach from 2009 to 2010. Uh, Nick Fairley went from a two-star JUCO recruit to an All-American, probably one of, if not the best, defensive player in the country from that season. Um, and 15 NFL draft picks as well. So to me, kind of his resume um, sort of mirrors that of a Rodney Garner, you know, just lots of consistent development. There are questions, I think, um, I've just sort of seen the response since the announcement, or not the announcement, since we reported it yesterday. Um, the, the response has sort of been, okay, how, how well is he going to recruit? How well has he recruited in the past? Because you look at a lot of these guys that he's made into All-Americans and NFL draft picks, okay, well, you know, you've got these stories about guys becoming, you know, from two-star, three-star prospects and becoming draft picks. Well, why were they two or three-star prospects in the first place? Why wasn't he bringing in more highly rated prospects? I wouldn't necessarily get too hung up on that. Um, he's, he's got this reputation that people are talking about that Tracy Rocker doesn't like to recruit and doesn't enjoy recruiting. Um, I mean, simply put, that's just not going to fly at Auburn under Brian Harson. I don't feel like. I don't think Harson's going to bring somebody in who number one is not going to mesh well with what new defensive coordinator Derek Mason wants to do. He's not going to kind of share the same vision and that includes recruiting. You know, that's not just what you want to do on the field, which, you know, just kind of an aside, I think on the field, he's a great um, addition for them just because Mason kind of has that three, four gap defense. Your D linemen are going to be responsible for two gaps. Um, So why not bring in, you know, a great two gap player, one of the best two gap players. Um, at defensive tackle in Auburn history and recent SEC history, really one of the best. So um, I'd say give Tracy Rocker a chance. Sort of this, this hire has not been incredibly well-received. I mean, people like it a lot because of who he is and, and what he means to Auburn and um, how much, you know, he, he did for Auburn while he was here and being on that national championship team, and he's got a lot of experience. Um, there's just a little bit of pause for some people. I think it's a good hire, though, and I think – now with two hires left um, for Brian Harson, he's got, you know, eight out of 10 of the guys. I really do think he's still got a chance to put together a B plus or a class um, or coaching staff, excuse me. I mean, if he can get good guys in there at outside linebackers and wide receivers, which I think is really what you're looking at here because the safeties position is still not occupied, but the belief is that Derek Mason is going to coach safeties. That's what he's done in the past. Um, he's a defensive backs coach by training. And so I think he's going to just kind of take over the safety role and coach the safeties as well as be the defensive coordinator. So now you're looking at outside linebackers and uh, wide receivers, and somebody is going to take on the special teams mantle. We don't know who's going to do that yet. But if you can make a couple good hires here. Now, look, a lot of people want to see Travis Williams back on this staff, Auburn's linebackers coach, because – uh, last week, Harson hired Jeff Schmetting, who was Boise State's defensive coordinator, and he's now Auburn's inside linebackers coach. So that sort of leaves you wondering, because that was, that was Travis Williams. Travis Williams was linebackers, period, um, for since the 2016 season. That leaves people wondering, is Travis Williams going to be retained on this staff? Really, I mean, besides Cadillac Williams at running backs coach, which Cadillac is being retained, um really people the the other one that people wanted to see back on this staff look I think people trust Brian Harson to make the right decision I think fans really have sort of bought in 
to Harson and just been like, okay, we trust him. We're going to let him put together the staff that he wants. If it's not the guys we want, we trust him moving forward. And hey, look, that's a great attitude for a first head coach. And I think a lot of Auburn fans have taken on the right attitude with this. I do understand, though, the people that really want to see T. Will back at Auburn in 2021. Um, look, I mean, I think T. Will's a, a future head coach, um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Um, a great football mind who's produced, I mean, Auburn's linebackers room has been absolutely dynamite um, since he came in. Just great, great players he's produced. Um, and then a great guy, a great recruiter, um, somebody that's just, abs- I mean, adored, adored by his players. Um, they love playing for him. And some of them have sort of spoken out. I believe uh, Cam Riley and, and Owen Papo have both posted on social media within the last week saying, um, look, bring, bring my guy back. You better bring T-Will back. Um, I think they kind of posted a picture of the linebacker's room after the last game of the season and saying, you better bring my guy back. I don't think that means anything for, you know, what they're going to do as players, but, and every player wants to see their position coach brought back, but that's the most interesting one to me. Um, and so he's a guy that's definitely a candidate for this outside linebacker's position. Maybe he would coach special teams as well, maybe. Because um, if not him, then it's going to be the wide receivers coach, or maybe you can add that to one of the current assistant coaches. Um, and then the wide receivers coach, I mean, that's an interesting one. Um, there was the report earlier this week that, that Auburn and UCF might do a, do a swap here um, because Daryl Wyatt, UCF's wide receivers coach, apparently has cleaned out his office and is leaving UCF um, for some reason. Now, he was the wide receivers coach when Brian Harson was the offensive coordinator at Texas in the early 2010s. Um, they worked together. Harson thinks very highly of him. He's certainly a candidate right now. And if you've even briefly watched UCF over the last few years, um, they recruit great wide receivers um, in their conference and their players ball out um, there on the perimeter catching passes. So I, I think he would be a good pick. You've got Brian McClendon as well, who's got history um, with Mike Bobo. McClendon is, is currently Oregon's wide receivers coach, uh, but he's been all around. He's been with Mike Bobo. Oh, he was at South Carolina as well and he's a guy that could sort of break you into South Florida maybe because I think that's kind of what this that's what Keith Niebuhr our recruiting guy was talking about this sort of what this group lacks right now is a is a deep Florida presence on the recruiting trail he might be a guy that breaks you in T Martin um, the former Tennessee quarterback and and assistant coach who's who's been a wide receivers coach recently is also apparently in the mix and and Damian Craig as well the former Auburn wide receiver or excuse me the former Auburn quarterback um, who has been Texas A&M's wide receivers coach for the past few seasons. So all those guys are names to watch um, over the next few days. Hopefully, I say that hoping that at the end of this week, that was sort of my prediction was by Friday, maybe Saturday, Harson's staff would be complete. There's only two spots left. Today is Thursday. I, I think over the next 72 hours, we're going to um, understand what this 10-person 10 sta- 10 staff is going to be. I think we'll have an understanding of it. Um, and again, I think if you get a guy like, you know, just spitballing here, let's say you get T. Will, you bring him back for outside linebackers, um, and you get a guy like Wyatt for the wide receivers, let's just say that, or McClendon, they're, they're kind of the same for me. If you get both those guys, I, again, I think this is a B plus, A minus type staff for Harson because you've got a blend of his Boise State guys, which, I mean, there are going to be a lot more Boise State staffers coming, you know, for assistant positions, off the field positions. Um, recruiting director positions, assistant strength coach, that kind of stuff. You know, Harson's going to bring his core from Boise over here. He already did that with an assistant strength coach um, yesterday. It's sort of a blend of his, his culture that he set up at Boise, the guys who were part of that, 
Um, and then, I mean, SEC guys like Mike Bobo, but really, I mean, Auburn guys. He's, uh, I mean, it, he may have more Auburn guys depending on what they do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Depending on what they do with these last two spots. I mean, he may have more Auburn guys on his staff this year than Gus Malzahn did, you know, when, when he was the head coach last season, more, more guys than he had on his staff who are Auburn alums. So interesting to watch for sure. Um, the guys that he's bringing in again, I really think he, Harson would have to drop the ball in a big way in these last two hires. I think he would really have to screw it up in order for this to not be a, a coaching staff that Auburn fans look at and say, it's pretty good. Uh, we can be, we can be pretty satisfied with that. Um, and then kind of the last segment here to talk about as we'll, we'll wrap up the show is uh, player decisions. I mean, are still going on um, guys who are on the NFL fence, guys who are fringe NFL players, still making their decisions. The NFL draft deadline is January 18th, um, which is coming up pretty soon, not long from now. That's this, this coming Monday. A few decisions in Auburn's favor. Uh, Roger McCreary, who, I mean, he, he could have been Auburn's best, most NFL-ready player um, out of this class. The junior cornerback, he was one of the best cover corners in the SEC last season in terms of a pure grade. He's coming back for his senior season, and that is huge. New cornerbacks coach Zach Etheridge. It's going to have a lot of fun stuff to work with. You've got McCreary, Nehemiah Pritchett, who filled in for Jalen Simpson down the stretch of the season while Simpson was being nagged by that injury. Look, Pritchett was almost as good as McCreary in those last few games in terms of coverage grade. And so he's got a lot of uh, fun stuff to, to toy with in terms of that depth chart. Marco Domeo also played pretty well at the end of the season. Another guy in the secondary, Jamie and Sherwood, he is still yet to make his decision. Um, I, it's my belief that he's going to go to the draft. That's just kind of number one. You know, what I've sort of been hearing is that he's leaning toward going to the NFL draft. And then also, I mean, I think that would just make the most sense for him. I think he's a guy that's a prototypical NFL safety now um, who can sort of come up and play that linebacker role as well. Sort of a rover because of his size. Um, but look, this secondary, even if Sherwood goes, the secondary is still going to be really good for next season. I know Christian Tut is not going to be here next year. He ended up uh, tra- entering the transfer portal instead of declaring for the draft. But Ladarius Tennyson is going to fill in for him. Smoke Monday is coming back as well. This is going to be a good secondary. This is going to be one of those spots on Auburn's roster next season. You're going to say, okay, this is, this is something to build on. This is something the defense is going to sort of lean on. I think them and, and the linebackers are going to be really, really strong. Next season, speaking of linebackers, uh, Chandler Wooten, who opted out of last season because of COVID and because um, he was expecting the birth of his first child, I believe he was born in November, and he didn't really want to get things messed up with COVID and all that stuff. He is coming back for 2021, he announced, which I guess you can go ahead and, I mean, I guess you kind of assumed that, right? I guess you sort of assumed that he was going to opt back in for 2021, um, but really there was nothing official, nothing was said by him, nothing was said by Auburn, and so Apparently, it was a big priority for the staff. Apparently, this new staff wanted to get Wooten back in there because now, I mean, this linebacker rotation is going to be really, really good. Um, so, Kobe McLean is coming back. Owen Papo, that's Auburn's two leading tacklers. And then you bring in a guy like Wooten who's got veteran experience and was also a big contributor a couple years ago, kind of in that four-man linebacker rotation. You put them with all the youngsters you've got in that room, um, and things are looking up. That's, that's, a, that's a good position group for Auburn. Next season, a few more names. Jordan Peters, the senior safety, he's not coming back. Um, he's not going to exercise that extra year of eligibility. He's just going to turn pro, which makes sense um, because he had the best season of his Auburn career. He had the most playing time. And he moved to safety, you know, from nickel to safety 
and had a lot of playing time filling in for Jamie and Sherwood when he was injured, filling in for Smoke Monday when he was out for targeting that one game. He had a great season. He's going to try to capitalize on that. Now, a few really, really big contributors um, who've entered the transfer portal, talking about Christian Tutt, you know, that's one of them. DJ Williams, the running back. I mean, Auburn is definitely going to be hitting the transfer portal looking for a running back. Um, I mean, that, that makes the most sense right now. They've only got two scholarship running backs left on the roster now. Tank Bixby and Sean Shivers are the only ones left, which, I mean, that's your, that's your one-two punch at running back. Tank Bixby is obviously you know, SEC freshman of the year. He's your running back of the future. And Sean Shivers did pretty well to spell him last season as that second option. But you're going to need another guy, I think, because DJ Williams, uh, he believe, I believe he committed. It only took him about 12 hours after he entered the transfer portal. Um, and he was at Florida State, apparently. Former Auburn offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham uh, reached out to him pretty quickly. That's what he told our Florida State 24-7 site. That's what DJ said. Um, so he went over there, you know, hoping things work out well for him over there. And then a couple guys along the defensive line. These were – at least maybe one of these was surprising. So both Big Cat Bryant, the defensive end, and Daquan Newkirk, the starting defensive tackle, they're both going to utilize that extra year of eligibility. But they're not going to do it at Auburn. Um, they're both going to enter the transfer portal, which, I mean, the transfer portal means, you know, technically I guess you could come back to Auburn if they're allowed, but um, it, I don't think you'd even enter the transfer portal. We, we, ne- we never see that happen. You'd, you wouldn't enter the transfer portal if you wanted to stay at Auburn. You'd just stay at Auburn. Um, and so that's big. That's, that's something that I think surprised a lot of people. Um, but, I mean, look, that's just, that's just not knowing. Um, that's just not, you know, that was before Auburn named a defensive line coach, and I think – um, that was because Rodney Garner was out as D-line coach, which that, that may have been that day, you know. I believe it was on Sunday that they both announced. And then a few days later, Auburn, um, you know, it looks, looks like it's going to bring in Tracy Rocker. And so maybe that was when they caught wind, hey, Rodney Garner's not going to be back. Um, and so they sort of dipped out after that. But Auburn on the, along the defensive line is going to be pretty solid next season. Um, Big Cat Brian, I think you're sort of looking at Colby Wooden taking over for him, which I think Colby Wooden was probably better than Big Cat was this past season. But in terms of a starting lineup, you're going to look at Big Cat, or excuse me, Colby Wooden taking over that defensive end spot, which it should be a 3-4 under Derek Mason. I mean, it does some different things, but it'll be interesting to see how the makeup of this defensive line changes from what we're used to, um, because before it was a 4-2-5 under Kevin Steele with four down linemen, two linebackers, and five defensive backs. But Auburn's got a ton of stuff to play with up front. Um, I think Zachibius Walker is going to be a great player. Dre Butler, the Juco prospect, um, who was a rookie at Auburn last season. He was really good down the stretch of the year. And then you've got Derek Hall, the edge rusher, who's really, really strong. Um, sort of came on at the end of the season as well. I believe he had three sacks in the final four games. Um, so lots, lots to work with there on the defensive line. And then you're adding a guy like Lee Hunter, their highest rated signee in the class to the defensive tackle position. So um, Again, Jamie and Sherwood is, is the one to really look at. I think maybe you'll have one or two other ones, like, you know, Big Cat and Newkirk. You know, we were kind of wondering what they were going to do with their senior, you know, their extra year of eligibility. And they surprised us, sort of how this thing always works. There's going to be more surprises. But, um, you know, definitely look for it over the next few days. Jamie and Sherwood, for sure, and anyone else who wants to declare for the NFL draft or, or say they're coming back for the NFL draft, they've got to do it before Monday. Um, and so – Appreciate you guys listening. That's, uh, that's pretty much everything we've got. I'm going to try to continue to record these once a week, definitely once or twice a week, depending on what happens. Definitely let me know um, what you think. Leave me a review. If you're on our board, um, if you're on our website, Auburn Undercover, 
com. Um, whenever I post it, you know, let me know what you think of it. Critiques, um, positives, negatives, anything you guys think about the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Wanted to make a quick note. Um, a few people had reached out to me about this. The episodes are still not posting on Spotify. I believe the last three episodes now have not posted on Spotify. I am in touch with Megaphone, which is the the group that sends the podcast out, you know, sort of that houses the audio. Um, I am in contact with them and they said they're trying to fix it. So Spotify listeners, that's me. I listen to it on Spotify because um, I just got an iPhone. So I'm not really used to Apple podcasts. I'm a big Spotify guy. So definitely apologize for the inconvenience there, but we're looking to get that fixed. So wherever you guys do listen to the podcast, definitely leave it a review. It really helps, um, you know, any, any review. You can leave a bad review too if you want. Um, but if you enjoy the podcast and you, and you like it and you haven't left a review before, please just leave a five-star review. Um, it really helps us kind of crawl to the top of the Auburn page, people who listen to similar stuff. So um, I'm Nathan King for everyone at auburnundercover.com who's contributed to all the content I just talked about because I certainly didn't write all those stories. Um, appreciate you guys listening and we will be back soon with another episode. Um, you guys enjoy your weekend and definitely stay tuned with everything we've got going on at auburnundercover.com. Talk to you guys later.